Good morning to everyone, and Hare Krishna to you. Thank you all very much for joining us on this nice, cool morning in Dallas, Texas. Those of you who are joining us online from around the world, we're very glad that you're with us also. My name is Rupanugadas, disciple of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj. I live here. My wife and I have been living on Perry Avenue, which is just a block away, since 1980. This was not always our home, but it became our home. Due to the loving exchanges that we had with the devotees who have chosen to also make this community their home. Today we're going to be reading, uh, continuing our reading in the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Chapter 12, the, the chapter that is entitled, The Birth of Emperor Parikshit. And we will be discussing uh, text number 26 today. So if you have your smartphones or if you have your book close by, the text is uh, Canto 1, Chapter 12, text number 26. And before we begin, we will have an invocation asking for the blessings and of the Supreme Personality of God, to please give us something to say that will be beneficial. Otherwise, if it's not beneficial, I should just shut up and go home. Anyhow, as long as we're reading from the Bhagavatam, at least part of it's going to be beneficial. Jayaratamadhava kunjabihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Gopi Janavallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradhari Jashura Nandana Bajajana Ranjana Jasoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tiravanachari Jamuna Tiravanachari Ayadamarava 
ಕುಂಜಾಬಿಹಾರೆ ಜಯ ರಾಧವ ಕುಂಜಾಬಿಹಾರೆ ಗೌರು ಪ್ರೇಮನಂದ ಹರಿ ಹರಿ ಬೋ ಗಾಯಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದ ಪರಮಹಂಸ ಪರಿಚಾಕಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಹಸ್ತೋಸ್ತೀಮಾಸ್ಟೈನ್ ಗ್ರೈಸ್ ಚರಣಾರವಿಂದ ಭಕ್ತಿವಿನಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಮಹಾರಾಶೀಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾರ್ಗಿ ಅನಂತಕೋಟಿ ವೈಷ್ಣವೃಂದಕಿ ಗ್ರಾಂತರಾಜ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಾಮಕಿ ಆ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ಟು ದಿ ಅಸಂಬಲ್ ಡೋರೀಸ್ ಆ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ಟು ದಿ ಅಸಂಬಲ್ ಡೋರೀಸ್ ಆ ಗ್ಲೋರೀಸ್ ಟು ದಿ ಅಸಂಬಲ್ ಡೋರೀಸ್ All glories, all glories, all glories to Shri Guru and Shri Gauranga. Namo Vishnapadaya Krishnapastaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Sarasmati Deva Gauravani Pacharine Nivasheshashinivari Pashtata Deshatarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುರೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುರೇವಾಯ ನಾರಾಯಣ ನಮಸ್ಕೃತ್ಯ ನಾರಂ ಚೈವನರೋತ್ತಮ ದೇವಿ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ವ್ಯಾಸನ್ ತೋಜಾಯೋದೇರಯತ್ ನಾಸ್ತ್ರೇಶುಭದ್ರೇಶು ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಭಗವತ್ ಸೇವೆಯ ಭಗವತ್ಯುತ್ತಮ ಶ್ಲೋಕೆ ಭಕ್ತಿರ್ಭಾವಿನಿಷ್ಟಿ ಕಾಂತರಾಶ್ರೀಮದ್ಭಾಗವತ ಕೀಜಾಯ ಶಿಲ್ ಪ್ರಭಪಾರ ಕೀಜಾಯ we will uh we will recite these word for word and i'd like for you to repeat after i say the word please rajarshinam janayita syasta chotpatam gaminam nigrahita kalir asya bhuvo dharmasya karanat and now we'll recite its poetry rajasinam janayata rajasinam janayata shasta kot chot pat gam vinam shasta kot chot pat gam vinam nigrahita kale resha bhuvo dharmasya karanat rajashinam janayita shasta chutpat gaminam 
nigrahita kaleresha bhuva dharmasya karanat Someone chant, please. Vajashinam janayita Jastachotpatsagami I'm sorry, it's a he. Should be only one person leading and the rest of us respond. Let's do that. So, are you leading? All right, do the, do the second line again, please. Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvadharmasya Karanat Ajashinam Janikecha Jasta Chotpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvodamasya Karanat Ajashinam Janayita Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvodharmasya Karanat Ajashinam Janayita Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvadharmasya Karanat Rajasinam Janayita Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvadharmasya Karanat Ajashinam Janayita Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvodharmasya Karanat Rajasinam Janayita Jasta Chodpatsagaminam Nigrahita Kaleresha Uvodharmasya Karanat Anyone else? Thank you. Very nice chanting. Word for word translations. Raja Rishinam of kings as good as sages. Janayita, producer. Shasta, chastiser. Cha, and. Utpatagaminam, of the upstarts. Nigrahita, molester. Kale, of the quarrelsome. Asia, 
this Bhuva of the world, Dharmasya of religion, Karanat on account of. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Kija. This child will be the father of kings who will be like sages. For world peace and for the sake of religion, he will be the chastiser of the upstarts and the quarrelsome. Repeat with me, please. The child will be the father of kings. That's right. It's this child will be the father of kings. Uh, who will be like sages for world peace. And for the sake of religion, he will be the chastiser of the upstarts and the quarrelsome. You know who we're talking about here? Parikshit, Parikshit Maharaj, the son of Abhimanyu, the grandson of Arjuna, and he's also considered to be the grandson of the other Pandavas. The leader of whom is who? Is who? Yudhisthira Maharaj. Very good. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The wisest man in the world is a devotee of the Lord. The sages are called wise men, and there are different types of wise men for different branches of knowledge. Unless, therefore, the king or the head of state is the wisest man, he cannot control all types of wise men in the state. In the line of royal succession in the family of Maharaj Yudhisthira, all the kings, without exception, were the wisest men of their times. And so also it is foretold about Maharaj Parikshit and his son Maharaj Janamejaya, who was yet to be born. Such wise kings can become chastisers of upstarts and uprooters of Kali, or quarrelsome elements. As will be clear in the chapters ahead, Maharaj Parikshit wanted to kill the personified Kali, who was attempting to kill a cow, the emblem of peace and religion. The symptoms of Kali are four in number. Wine, women, gambling, and slaughterhouses. Wise rulers of all states should take lessons from Maharaj Parichit in how to maintain peace and morality by subduing the upstarts and quarrelsome people who indulge in wine, illicit connection with women, gambling and meat-eating, supplied by regularly maintained slaughterhouses. In this age of Kali, regular license is issued for maintaining all of these different departments of quarrel. So, how can they expect peace and morality in the state? The state fathers, therefore, must follow the principles of becoming wiser by devotion to the Lord, by chastising the breaker of discipline, and by uprooting the symptoms of quarrel, even as mentioned above. If we want like, if, if we want blazing fire, we must use dry fuel. Blazing fire and moist fuel go ill together. Peace and morality can prosper only by the principles of Maharaj Parikshit and his followers. End of purport by Srila Prabhupada.
Omagyana timirandasya, gyanan gyana salakaya, chaksuran militam jena tasmai shri guravenama, shri chaitanya manobishtam stapitam jena bhutale swayam rupahakata maya dharati swavarantikam, bandeham shri guru shri dutta paragamalam shri gurun vaisnavam scha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitam Scha He Krishna Karanasindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sri Vasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya Bhutale, Shumate Tamar Krishna Goswamini Dinamane. How'd you like to have a king like Pariksit Maharaj, with all these good qualities in abundance? the power that he has, the dedication he has to serving morality and peace. Amazing. I thought we should talk today a little bit about um, understanding who is wise, because that, that topic of wisdom seems to be prevalent in both the... Um, the translation, and then the purport by Srila Prabhupada. You know any wise men? You know any wise women? How long have you been around this community? We have some wise men and some wise women around our community, and it's our pleasure to have had their association for the past 40 years. Some have left us left us to go on to the next stage of their existence. And some have left just to see if they can find more perfect happiness somewhere else on this planet. Uh, I've not I've not been able to do that. I've not been able to leave because I've not been convinced that happiness and satisfaction is to be found elsewhere on the planet. But, of course, there are many places now that Srila Prabhupada has had the responsibility for opening all the way to uh, the eastern side of the subcontinent of India, Mayapur. So you'd expect, you would expect that in today's time that there are many people on the planet who are very wise people because science has convinced us that uh, it knows the answer to all of our questions. 
And if I don't have an immediate answer to the questions, then just give them a little time and continue providing them funding, and they will find the answer. Mostly in in uh, in in the uh, material side of this of this world that we're living in, but there's also a spiritual side, and so one who is wise knows about both, the material and the spiritual sides. Krishna says that in the Bhagavad Gita, this is chapter two, text eleven, that we lament neither for the living nor the dead. As a matter of fact, he's talking to Arjuna Prabhu right before the battle of Kurukshetra is to begin. And he said, the Supreme Personality of God had said, while speaking learned words, you are mourning for what is not worthy of grief. Those who are wise lament neither for the living nor for the dead. That, uh, that text is, is this in Sanskrit. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Ashochan Anvasochas Tvam Pragya vadams chabasase gatasun agatasums cha nanusho chanti pandita. Read a little bit of Prabhupada's purport. The Lord at once took the position of teacher and chastised the student, calling him indirectly a fool. Not not everybody can call Arjuna a fool and get away with it. The Lord said, you are talking like a learned man, but you do not know that one who is learned, one who knows what is body and what is soul, does not lament for any stage of the body, neither in the living nor in the dead condition. Arjuna argued that religious principles should be given more importance than politics or sociology. But he did not know that knowledge of matter, soul, and the supreme is even more important than religious formularies. And because he was lacking in knowledge, he should not have posed himself as a very learned man. So Arjuna, is, is, he's lamenting the fact that here he's facing hundreds of millions of persons that he cares about on two different sides of, of the battlefield. Those who are dedicated to the Kauravas, to the first son of Dhritarashtra, whose name is Doyodan. Uh, those who are, are committed to him uh, have taken the position that um, he is the one who should be emperor of the world. And Arjuna realizes that as the supreme archer in the world, he's going to have to kill a lot of people. And he says, well, what's the use in, in gaining a kingdom if you have, if, if there's nobody around to enjoy it with? And if we kill all of these people who are our relatives, how is it possible that we can possibly in, enjoy the kingdom, the whole earth, as a matter of fact? How can, how can that be? He, so he tells Krishna, uh, I would rather just um, uh, go to the, go to the forest and become a become a mendicant and just accept charity from other people, beg for alms. And Krishna is trying to get him straight here. He says, first of all, these people you're talking about killing, you can't kill them. They're eternal. They're spirit soul. As long as I have been around, they have been around. Many births have both you and I known, Arjuna, as well as all these kings assembled here on the battlefield. And I can remember all of those births. 
but you can't. So Krishna is telling Arjuna, I'm in the superior position to, to realize what's going on here. And he says, uh, the soul has never come into being. The soul is not presently coming into being. Nor at any time in the future will the soul come into being. The soul is eternal. Eternal doesn't mean from zero to positive infinity. It means all the way back to negative infinity as well, wherever that is. In other words, Krishna is telling Arjuna, that as long as I have been on the planet, I no, let's put it like this, as long as I have been in existence, so have you, and so have all these kings that are assembled here. You could, you, you might, you might do something to their bodies. You might cut their bodies or burn their bodies or moisten their bodies or blow the bodies with wind, but you can't do anything to the spirit soul. And it's not yours to do anyhow. It's mine. All these bodies belong to me. I'm the one whose energy all these bodies are being, are made from. Not only all these bodies, but all those beautiful women that people think that I'm enamored by. All those beautiful cowherd girls, guess who, guess who is responsible for their bodies? So how can Krishna then be said to be attracted to anything in this material world? It's nothing compared to what's in the spiritual world. And that is also consisting of his energies. All those bodies that are in the, in the spiritual, those spiritual bodies, they're all coming from the Supreme Lord himself. Now, a wise person knows that. How many people in this country know that? Very small percentage. One percent? I think that would be too much. Maybe one one hundredth of one percent of people in America, people in North America, people in this on this planet. That's about how many uh, know what Krishna's talking about here. So we can say that this is, this is, uh, one of the requirements then. We can call it one of the requirements for being wise. Finding, uh, uh, one who is wise also finds no pleasure in material activities. So we go back to the fifth chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. I just happen to have a copy of it here. Dehi sang sparsaja boga duka yonaya evate adyanta vanta konteya nateshu ramate buddha. Prabhupada's translation. An intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery which are due to contact with the material senses, O son of Kunti. Such pleasures have a beginning and an end, so the wise man does not delight in them. We'll take a short part of, of Srila Prabhupada's purport here. Material sense pleasures are due to contact of the material senses, which are all temporary because the body is temporary. A liberated soul is not interested in anything which is temporary, knowing well the joys of transcendental pleasures. How many of us know, the, know those well? Transcendental pleasures. Remember? Can you remember that far back? When you knew the pleasures of, of trans, the transcendental existence? Knowing well the joys of transcendental pleasures, how can a liberated soul agree to enjoy false pleasure? Easy, we'd say. It's easy to do, to try to find false pleasure, isn't it? We're so attracted by the material energy of the Lord in the form of our own bodies and the bodies of other people around us 
and all these material things that are made from the material energy of the Lord, which is said to be endlessly mutable. What does mutable mean? Krishna says, "My this, this material energy of mine is endlessly mutable. Do you know what that means? Changeable. It can take on different forms. If you don't believe it, look at the automobiles, the industry, automobile industry. From one year to the next, same materials. Maybe we found a few plastics to add in there too. But it's all coming from Krishna's material energy. And all of these, all of these automobiles are changing form and they're changing slightly in the way they operate. But as far as the, you know, the outward appearance, pretty much the same. Sheet metal bent in a certain way. Or if you've got enough money, carbon fiber. You get a body made of, how about fiberglass? You get a body made of fiberglass. So all of these kinds of bodies, including our own, they're changeable. And we know that. All we got to do is look in the mirror and then look back at some of the pictures that were made 15, 20 years ago. Have we changed? You bet we have. Are you, anybody here over 50? <laughs> okay. So if, if you reach, if you reach that grand age, you know, your mid-century mark, then you, you can certainly look back and realize that, hey man, I don't have it anymore. I don't have the energy. If I ever had any good looks, beauty, they're gone. So, uh, an intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery which are due to contact with material senses. O son of Kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, and so a wise man does not delight in them. A wise man will also is also advised to give up the results of all activities. That's what Krishna was talking to Arjuna about in chapter uh, two of the Bhagavad Gita, wasn't it? Contents of the Gita summarized. What did he tell him? He says, "You have your right to perform your duty, and your duty is chatra is to is to fight." You have the right to do that. But what are you not entitled to? Results. You're not entitled to the fruits of your actions. Those come to me. In the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, second, second verse, uh, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Kamyanam Karmanam Yasam Sanyasam Kavayo Vidu Sarva karma pala tagyam chagam prahus chagam vichakshana. The Supreme Personality of God has said, the giving up of activities that are based on material desire is what great learned men call renounced order of life, called sannyas. And giving up the results of all activities is what the wise call renunciation or tyaga. See what Prabhupada has to say about that. But the performance of activities for results has to be given up. This is the instruction of Bhagavad Gita. But activities leading to advanced spiritual knowledge are not to be given up. This will be made clear in the next verses. In the Vedic literature, there are many prescriptions of methods for performing sacrifice for some particular purpose. <clears throat> 
There are certain sacrifices to perform to attain a good son or to attain elevation to higher planets. But sacrifices prompted by desires should be stopped. However, sacrifice for the purification of one's heart or for the advancement in spiritual science should not be given up. So, what makes then this this battle of Kurukshetra of spiritual uh, activity? Why is it a spiritual activity? Why is Krishna encouraging Arjuna to go out and kill 640 million people? 640 million people. That's almost as much money as I have. Maybe a little more. 640 million people. Why is he encouraging them to do that? Why is he calling that a spiritual activity? Because what? He's a, he's a chatra, it's his duty. Krishna's will. Krishna wants him to. That's the reason that it's a, that it's a, a, a spiritual activity. Killing. And some people think, you know, how, I thought you Hare Krishnas were, uh, were pacifists. I didn't think you believed in violence and getting angry. And we don't. Except, when the situation calls for it, the spiritual situation calls for it. We had someone come in right now with a, with a rifle and is aiming at the deities up here on the altar. It would be our duty to take action, wouldn't it? We could become as violent as we could be uh, to make sure that our lordships were not, were not damaged. So even though these started out to be material bodies, they started out to be Stone, uh, chunks of stone or granite or, or, or marble. Uh, when the devotee of the Lord, pure devotee of the Lord, asks the Lord to come into those forms and accept our service, the Lord does so. So even though my eyes are still seeing beautiful display of, of deity dressing up here on the altar today, um, I still cannot see the spiritual form of the Supreme Lord, except for the fact that I'm looking at the material energy of the Lord that has been transformed to spiritual energy by dint of the fact that someone has asked the Lord to come into that form. And so any form that we see in this material world, like this this, uh, microphone, which occasionally works, and it seems to be working today, Oh, it's it's one of those material forms, isn't it? Just like any other microphone that's been produced since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And there's probably been a few microphones. But uh, this this particular one is being used to talk about something that has to do with spiritual activities. Uh, so the Lord says, the giving up of activities that are based on material desire it's what great learned men call the uh, the renounced order of life. If it's not based on material desire, that you're that you're giving it up. And similarly, the taking up of activities, the taking up of material objects for the purpose of satisfying the desire of the Supreme Lord, uh, is considered to be a spiritual activity. So this microphone has become spiritualized. Not by dint of the fact that I'm speaking into it, but rather that we're talking about subjects that can bring about 
wisdom. This is the wisdom that wise men must have. And the Bhagavad Gita is just full of instructions like that. Um, it helps to understand Krishna is the source of the material and the spiritual worlds, and we find something about that in the tenth, cant- uh, tenth chapter, rather, of the Bhagavad Gita, which I just happen to have a copy of. Here. Part of it. Aham sarvasya prabhavu mata sarvam pravartate iti matva bhajante mam buddha bhava samanvita. I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who know this, in, who know this perfectly, uh, engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. <clears throat> so, you know, if I were to say that, that I would like for you to worship me with all your heart, <clears throat> that would be on the egotistical side, wouldn't it? So why isn't it so with Krishna when he says, you should worship me with all your heart? Why isn't that egotistical? That's our nature. But Krishna is the one that set it up. So why is that a good thing that we should worship him with all our hearts? If I ask you to worship me with all your hearts, is that going to bring you a lot of happiness? No. If you worship anything or anyone in this material world who has not taken to Krishna consciousness, is that going to bring you happiness? You tried it. You've got a few years of experience in trying to wring a little happiness from this material energy of the Lord. Have you been successful? How do you, how do you feel about where you are now? So by the time we hit 50 years old, or thereabout, then we should, we should have a, a pretty clear picture in our minds of what we need to be doing. And so what, the reason then that we should worship Krishna, uh, one of them is that uh, everything in the material and spiritual world is His energy. So we should, you know, that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. If, if you converted all of the, if what you see in this temple room, if you converted it directly into energy, do you think it would be a lot of energy? Be quite a few BTUs, wouldn't it? And, and just to what to speak of this temple room, you know, just the city of Dallas, is a lot of energy that, that is in the city of Dallas? In the form of material stuff. Yep. As a matter of fact, all of this is coming from, we call it uh, Krishna's material energy, but it's really everything about Krishna is spiritual, isn't it? All of this material stuff is coming from his spiritual energy, but he has arranged it so that we can observe it and experience it with our five senses. And therefore, it's, it's, uh, we call it material energy, but it's actually coming from the spiritual energy of the Lord. And it's temporary. And what does he say about everything, all the wonderful things that we see in this material world, in all of the universes in the material world? What is, where does it come from? But a spark of my splendor. Krishna says it comes from but a spark of my splendor. 
So if, if someone has, has trouble, uh, finding anything wise about a human being, then they should try to wrap their heads around that, that uh, everything in this material world, unlimited universes, unlimited material objects and living beings like ourselves, jiva souls, in this material world. And Krishna says all of it comes from but a spark. This comes from a spark of my splendor. No, so are you, you gonna, you know, somebody's telling us if, if God, if, you know, if He wants us to see Him, if He wants us to worship Him, why doesn't He show Himself to us? And what is, what is our, our response? What is your ability to see? Can you see what is beyond this wall? Can you see what is beyond the door? Your vision is rather limited. You know, even regarding material stuff. But here we're talking about spiritual stuff. Have you got spiritual eyes? Do you know how to use them? If Krishna were to come here and display himself as he did uh, one time in front of Duryodhana, who headed up the corpus, what, do you think that we would be able to accept what he showed us and to begin worshiping them? Duryodhana was not. He did not accept him. Krishna showed him some portion of his, uh, his, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, his, his gigantic material form. Universal form. He showed him a part, a part of that. And, uh, Duryodhana said, ah, it's cheap magician's trick. That's what his attitude was. He says, learn how to do it. You can do it too. <clears throat> we don't believe in you, Krishna. We don't, matter of fact, we're going to try to capture you and put you in chains. <clears throat> and, and if, if we do that, then the Pandavas, the Pandavas will give up their desire to have this kingdom. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Uh, so wisdom is, is knowing about these things and, and being able to present them to someone else. And if you don't have it, you can't give it. So therefore, we should we should strive. You know, we some of us have been around long enough that we should have the Bhagavad Gita memorized, the Srimad Bhagavatam memorized, Chaitanya Charitamrita memorized, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. We should have it all. We should have it all memorized. How long? How many years does it take to memorize things? And yet we don't do it. And we think of ourselves as wise because we happen to know a verse or two in the Bhagavad Gita. Dehino sminyata dehe komaram yovanam jara tata dehantara praptir dirastatra namuyati. It's one of the first verses I ever learned. How about matur sparshasta kundaya shitosna sukudukada agama taino vishasago? And, and and it helps to it helps to know those verses and um I wish I'd committed to memory all of these verses that we referred to today. Because that, that's helpful when you're talking with those who don't have faith or maybe who have learned to see this Bhagavad Gita in a little bit different way than Srila Prabhupada presented it to us.
Maybe they see, uh, they think about this person called Krishna as he's the, he's the, um, the, what is it? The soul in all of us or something like that. Uh, in other words, they don't see him as a person, but we understand that Krishna is a person. And if we know that he's a person and that it, you can have a very loving relationship with Krishna, then you're a pretty wise man. Otherwise, you're just a wise guy. And we like to think that we're moving from the position of being wise guys to being wise men and women. So we shall stop here and ask if anyone has a comment that you'd like to make to further enlighten us. Please. And we have a, a, a roving microphone, one that can move from one place to another. Any comments, anything that you have been thinking about um, during this time? Can you think of another indication that someone is a wise man? Other than what we've already discussed today. I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me, Krishna says. The wise who know this engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. All right. Yes, any, anything? Uh, Hare Krishna Prabhu, uh, thank you for giving... Can you pull uh, your mask down and speak loud? Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for giving a very nice lecture today morning. So I had this question. Uh, so one on one of the Sunday fe- fest, I came, and uh, Nityananda Prabhu told that uh, these are the pictures not from uh, only Vrindavan but spiritual Vrindavan. So can you let me know? Like I was just thinking that Vrindavan is a place in uh, India, in North India, but uh, how is like uh, how is it uh, that there is a spiritual Vrindavan to how are the pictures in the temple room here spiritual in nature? Is that what yeah, you're? Yeah, that is my question. Like, I was okay. just thinking that like uh, these are the pictures maybe uh, painted, uh, thinking about uh, how Krishna's life would be five thousand years ago. But Nityananda Prabhu told that these are the spiritual places. These are not like just five thousand. These these are not like things that happened just 5,000 years ago, but also these are things happening now. So, can you let me know something more about it? Some people think that um, if we have activity in this material world, that the spiritual world must be devoid of, of activity, devoid of personalities, uh, devoid of differences between individuals, uh, that everything is kind of merged as kind of a homogeneous mask. One <clears throat> back, uh, one one preacher that of a church that I used to go to when I was growing up, he said he'd heard someone say that uh, God is an oblong purple cloud. In other words, God is spiritual, so he can't have a form. 
Because if he has a form, then that limits him. But we answer that uh, there are forms that are unlimited. You just don't know about them. So these pictures that you see on the walls of our temple room, uh, if you're lucky enough to have visited here in Dallas and seen uh, the beautiful pichuas that we have by a very celebrated artist using this type of material, uh, these these pictures depict the activities of Krishna, uh, and we understand that these are the activities that go on eternally in the spiritual world. And why do we worship Krishna? Because he can give us a type of pleasure that is not available in dealing with material stuff. Regardless of what shape that sheet metal is bent into, whether it's a Lamborghini, a Maserati, or, or, or Ferrari, or whether it's a really nice Chevrolet pickup, we can't get as much pleasure from dealing with those things as we can from taking part in the spiritual activities that Krishna is presenting in these pictures. And how do we get to the point of being able to do that? One of the steps is to become a wise man, to learn what goes on in the spiritual world and see how that compares with what goes on in my own life here on this planet, which which is the more interesting, which gives the most pleasure. And it can go on for forever and ever, some of these pictures, like the Rasa dance right behind you over here. Rasa dance, Krishna dancing with these girls. He's always dancing with his girls, the the cowherd girls. He may sometimes appear to leave Vrindavan because there is a form. He assumes another form. It's the same form, actually, but it's we call it the uh, um, uh, the form. Uh, let's see what what what's his father's name? Um, Vasudev. This is Vasudev Krishna who leaves Vrindavan, but uh, there is Nanda, Nanda, uh, Nanda Gopal, Nanda Krishna, Yashoda Krishna, who remains in Vrindavan even after his other form leaves Vrindavan to go to Mathura to fight with the with the big wrestlers that Kangsa has gotten together to try to try to put an end to Krishna's life. So Krishna's life, Krishna's activities that he exhibits in the material world are, are the same as those that he has in the spiritual world. And somebody has asked, well, what, what about demons? Are there demons also in the spiritual world? And someone has answered that. I think my spiritual master said, there are no demons. There's just the feeling that there might be demons. In other words... Krishna's material energy can make his cowherd boyfriends and girlfriends believe that there's something that can cause them harm. And then Krishna always comes to the rescue, doesn't he? Just like he did whenever there was, you know, Putana was killing little children and that was her foodstuffs. And she, she tried to kill Krishna also. But Krishna took the offering of her breast milk, uh, as, as an indication that she had motherly feelings toward him 
And so after he, he killed her, after he forced her from her present demonic body, uh, uh, he positioned her as one of his nursemaids in Goloka Vrindavan, as one of his mothers. He elevated her to that status. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Uh, so what does Krishna want us to do? You know, he wants us to help get everybody out of this material world. We've been here too long. And, you know, who knows whether this is going to be our next human form of life for the next how long? How long will it be before we come back to the human form of life after we give up these bodies? But Krishna doesn't want us to remain in the material world. It's said that there are unlimited numbers of living entities within each universe. And can you imagine all of them were back in the spiritual world at one time? But for some reason or other, they chose to leave and to come into this material world for a number of possible reasons. One, they say, is envy, envy of Krishna's position. And so he's saying that if you want, you want a place to enjoy without having to be in competition with me, I'll make a place for you. And so he gives us this material world. And then he gives us all facility for finding happiness in this material world. And we screw it up so bad that we, uh, that, you know, he, he allows us to suffer for what we've done. But that, the reason for that suffering is always to get us to turn our heads back around to see him. So he wants us to see him. So we have all these pictures then presenting the activities of Krishna to attract us, to attract our minds. A person who is really, really, uh, spiritually wise, who is spiritually realized, uh, doesn't have to have pictures around to enter into Krishna's pastimes. He can do it automatically, just like Prabhupada. Prabhupada said, you think that I'm here in Los Angeles or New York, but I'm actually in Vrindavan. He could be both places at once. And so can we. So, uh, uh, my spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami, arranged that these pictures be uh, be painted and be sent here. And I was here when the big tubes that had them were opened up. And we were just, everybody was just astonished to see them. It's so beautiful. Uh, I think they might have faded just a little bit with time. But uh, still, they show the different pastimes of Krishna in the spiritual world. So if we want to become wise men, you know, just like in the story, the Christmas stories that we've been hearing about just recently for the advent of Jesus into the, into this world. There were wise men who came from the east to bring presents to the Christ child, recognizing him as a representative of Krishna. Therefore, he's known as Christos or Christ. Thank you. Is there anything else that anyone would like to bring up? All right, let us go enjoy the palatable form of the Supreme Lord. Let's go see if there's some prasadam left in the prasadam room. So we thank you all who have tuned in by internet, radio, telephone uh, to join us today in this class. I hope that this has been of some benefit to you. If not, uh, 
from the words that I've spoken, at least from the fact that you've heard some of the writings from the Bhagavad Gita, from the Srimad Bhagavatam. And that's a really nice way to end your week on Sunday. Thank you, Prabhuji, for defining the wise. I mean, it's a very amazing way that you went to Bhagavad Gita and four or five shlokas from Bhagavad Gita. What exactly wise means? I mean, when you initially asked what is your definition of wise, I basically started thinking from you know my the day day to day life kind of situation, you know. If I make this decision or act this way, behave this way, that is called a wise behavior. But thank you for bringing that the authorized definition of wise from the scripture. So nice to learn that. Thank you. All right. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai. We offer our respectful obeisances to all of you who are listening and who are Vaishnavas, devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakal Patarubhyas Cha Kripas Indubhya Eva Cha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Anantakoti Vaishnavrinda Ki Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Shri Sri Varakalachanjidam Ki Jai Nitai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bo have a wonderful uh, Sunday, everyone. Please remember to chant. Anytime you have a chance, chant the holy names. <laughs>